Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. A Barron's top advisor and a member of the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. And welcome to the show. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air. It is Thursday. It is November 14th. Got a busy one. In fact, I think we need more than an hour, but that's all we get, so we're going to get things going. My name is Danny Clayton. Good afternoon, Mark Oswald. Good afternoon, guys. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Hey, Derek. Good afternoon. And David J. Spano, like I said, I mean, we almost need an hour because walking into the studio, we're like, okay, we can talk about this, 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 this. There's a bunch. So what's our lead? Well, I think our lead is, you know, where are we? You know, how far along are we? You know, just around 3,100 on the S&P 500. And we look at as earnings season winds down, is there a transition between leadership of stocks? And we can talk about asset allocation, but I think we clearly have to talk about uh, earnings season continues, Derek. And there was a number of names that reported uh, over the last week that we found interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd lead off with a report that came out this morning. You know, Walmart, the the world's one of the world's largest retailers, reported really solid results, Mark. They they beat estimates. They raised guidance. They suggested that Christmas looks good from their from their indications. And Walmart is just w- one example of a company that's managed to transition from being purely a bricks and mortar retailer to offering a multiple of channels to potential buyers of their of their products. You know, it's interesting because one of the things I was looking at was the number of ETFs that hold a big position in Walmart. You have consumer staples. You have discretionary. You have VIG, which is the the dividend uh, ETF. So just how widely that stock is held. And, you know, when you look at it year to date, it's up, you know, about the last year and a half, it's up about 40% when the S&P 500 is up about 15%. So that stock's done very, very well. And you look at, you know, where we are for the year, you know, up in excess of 20% for the year. And that's been a great year. You know, you you hearken back uh, a year ago when the market was not doing very well. Uh, the Federal Reserve, of course, was raising rates, and that's not what they're doing now. We had a Federal Reserve report uh, some time back, and so we think we know where interest rates are going to be. We uh, The earnings season has wound down. We're looking into next year now. And, of course, you know what everyone is talking about, and we had a presentation uh, earlier today, Derek, and uh, they, they, uh, there still is this confusion about impeachment and removal. You're seeing that uh, the Democrats, and again, this is not a political motivation, but just trying to explain to our clients what we see. You're seeing that the Democrats are moving away from the Latin term quid pro quo and starting using terms like bribery and extortion, uh, more understandable than this Latin term. But we're starting to see that. But people need to understand there is a difference between impeached in the House then that gets sent to the Senate, and then the Senate have to, has to have two-thirds of them to have removal. So we don't think that's a very likely event, and that's a politically motivated. There's a difference between an economic event and a political event, Derek, right now. And so uh, we're watching it, but we're not putting a lot of weight on it right now. No, and, you know, I always watch, you know, Vegas handicaps everything. And right now Vegas is saying it's about a 15% chance the president 
is removed from office, which is a very low number. And, and the other thing I would note, you know, I was, I was watching the testimony a little bit yesterday, and, you know, we had some negative news on trade. You know, there was a suggestion that there were some stalemates between uh, the U.S. and Chinese on ag purchases, on how quickly we're going to uh, Back, go backwards on tariff impositions and the like. And as, as the impeachment proceeding went on, the market gradually moved higher and higher and higher and, and closed near its highs, you know, at all-time high record. And I, I took that to mean that the market is not thinking there's a great risk of major, major change going on in Washington, that this is simply something that's going to play out over time and probably has a limited market effect if it does so. But I think very important is the fact that people have got to watch what is happening with with China in the United States, and I think the Chinese are watching this as well too, and saying what is the likelihood that Mark, you know, he may be removed or he's not going to be removed, and do they come to the table or not? The Wall Street Journal had a piece either yesterday morning or this morning about the fact that you know they're watching this as well and making their statements based on that. Sure, they're negotiating with the right party. Could there be somebody else that they're supposed to be working with? You know, tariffs are something that's been going on for centuries, and you start thinking about the way that they are they're handled between countries. This is not something that's going to get fixed, even if it does in the short term in this administration. You may be working with somebody four years from now or eight years from now that has a different view, worldview on tariffs. So it's kind of the hand that you're dealt, guys. I think that's that's really the takeaway for listeners this afternoon is you have to listen to the noise, but you have to digest it in a way that that affects your portfolio. What do you do about this? And I think that's what we take to our investment committee every week is taking all that information and then digesting it and putting it into play. If you just joined us, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Right in Appleton, 2801 East Enterprise Avenue. Easy to find right off of Ballard. We are a Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and a proud partner of the University of Wisconsin. How'd you like that Iowa game last week? No, it was excellent. I yeah. was there. Yeah, it was really a good game. It's kind of cool to see Annex Wealth Management And then the ribbon boards going around. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. It was cool. more important to watch the Badgers win, I can tell you that. But, you know, Mark, I'm going to pick up on your point. I, I really think that... Uh, is really important. You know, the fact is when you look at the constituency of the S&P 500 and how it's driven, and Derek, you know, we talked about this earlier, the top 10 constituents are making up near 40% of the gain right now. Yeah, they are, and, you know, one of the things that, that I've noticed, at least in the last several weeks, is the market's rally has been much broader than it had been in the past. Um, we're seeing, you know, value-oriented stocks like financials, you know, some energy stocks apparently turning a little bit into Industrials breaking out, transportation stocks, which had lagged uh, for most of the year, uh, doing pretty well. And and what that suggests to me, Mark, as we talk about, you know, how does this impact the way we invest portfolios, is that analysts are starting to think that next year is going to see an uptick in economic activity, uh, whether that's through an improvement of CEO confidence, um, a a continued good job market, low wage growth, low inflation, and that some sectors of the market which had been left behind are actually offering great value, particularly those that have cyclical exposure to the economy. We start thinking about sectors, and that's one thing. Then you start thinking about capitalization, guys, and then you start thinking about investing around the world. Those are all decisions that have to be made in a portfolio construction environment. So given the political, given you know the fiscal policy, the monetary policy, different parts of the, of the economy do better, different capitalized companies do better. So when you're looking at your portfolio, you bring your 401k statement home and you sit down with your spouse and you say, this is what we own, it's difficult for a lot of investors to really understand what they own, the capitalization, and the effect of work 
world events and what it has on your portfolio in the short term, intermediate term, and long term. Well, it's it's just not every you know it's it's people in this business as well. Let's be honest. Let's talk about how portfolio construction happens and the amount of decision that goes into that. And so yeah, Mark, it's it's just not you know let's let's because most investors don't do what you just said. Look down to you know what's my capitalization and so forth. Uh, they don't do that. They are, you know I have a sixty forty portfolio, but all sixty forty portfolios are not built the same. And so where is interest rates? You know, what sectors are doing well? You can talk about value. Well, those are financial stocks, sure. for example. Or you can talk about growth, and those are tech stocks. And where do you invest right now? And it goes back to, again, how is your portfolio constructed and how much are you paying for it? We go through this every week, but we think it's important enough, Mark, that you should repeat that. Well, no doubt about it, because the world is changing. I mean, you think about what the market's done since last December. Both the equity markets and the bond markets, don't forget about fixed income in your portfolio as well. So when you start thinking about portfolio construction and, and how you try to analyze that, first of all, analyze it at the family level. Don't take it account by account and say, I'm large cap this, mid cap that, European this, China that. I mean, that's a difficult it's kind of a myopic view of it. If you look at it more globally and say, what does my family asset allocation look like? Then you can start to answer the questions about overlap and where am I overexposed? Where is my tactical allocation? Where is my core allocation? And, and if you have a tough time with that, that's why we believe in it so much that we do it for free. For people that have not had a free portfolio review done, you can come into our offices. We'll do that analysis for you. And then you can start the conversation of what do we own? Why do we own it? How does it fit into my financial plan? And how how does it help get me where I want to go? And at the end of the day, that's why we invest in the first place, is to defer income today to hopefully gain more income as we go down the road and have more assets to live through our financial plan for the rest of our lives. Very nice. You can start at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button and we'll get you going. You will be amazed at how simple it is, how quick it is, and you can find some peace of mind. Again, AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference, Team Tech Trust. When you hear the word jargon, that means special words or expressions that are used by a particular profession or group that are difficult for others to understand. Right, Tom? That is correct. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex, is here. Jargon in finance can really be intimidating. We try to take complex things and we make it simple. But let's talk about 401k jargon, okay? Yeah, there is no shortage of jargon. Throw them at me. Let's see what we got. Yeah, and this comes from a recent study about the language of defined contribution plans from Invesco and found there's a disconnect between the language that sponsors use and the language that everyday investors understand. And I've got to throw the flag. You already used like two of the buzzwords in that description. Amen, brother. I've got to throw the flag. Defined contribution plans. What is that? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 401k plan. Why there, don't they just there, say 401k plan? Well, because there are different types of defined contribution plans. So are profit sharing plans. So think of it like this. The two are defined benefit and defined contribution. Those words are actually super helpful because the way a 401k plan works is it is defined by the money that you put into it, right? And so the money that you contribute to the plan, that's what all the rules surround. Whereas in a pension plan, a defined benefit a lot of times you're not putting any money in yourself. Even if you are, though, what is defined is here's how much you're going to get out of it at some point in time. So define contribution. Think these are the rules about putting money into the plan, you know, annual uh, limits and all that stuff. Define benefit. Think pension. Here's how much you're going to get out of it. Because you don't know how much you're going to get out of your 401k plan, okay. but you do know how much you're putting into it. You've held a little. Okay. Let's go through some others. Maybe that's going to be the hardest. What is vesting? Vesting. Okay. I always tell people when you think of vesting, think of it like this. Vesting is the money that you get to take with you when you leave your employer. So people will ask me a lot about this when we're talking 401k plans. And I tell them, you don't need to worry about it. As long as you're still working, vesting really, quite frankly, is irrelevant because it only matters when you leave. So it's the portion of your employer contribution. Sometimes there is a vesting schedule, meaning for each year that you work for the employer, you accrue a little bit more and a little bit more uh, ownership in that money. And then at a certain point, you're 100% vested or you have 100% ownership in it, regardless of when you leave. Okay. Some other jargon you might hear in 401ks, fiduciary or plan fiduciary. We use the word fiduciary all the time here at yeah. Annex. Right. So a fiduciary is somebody who has a legal financial duty to somebody else. So we at Annex have a legal financial duty to all of our clients. The thing that's different in a 401k plan is the employer is also a fiduciary they have that legal financial responsibility to act in the best interest of their employees. So if I own ABC Trucking, and I probably should have checked to see if there's actually an ABC Trucking, if I own ABC Trucking and I have a 401k plan for my employees, I am a fiduciary. Yes. Here's another in the 401k jargon terms, target date. So now this one I feel like is pretty straightforward. The idea with a target date fund is it's a, an investment, a mutual fund, that is kind of a fund of funds. And the whole idea of it is you target a certain date in the future for your retirement, and then the manner in which that account is invested takes that into consideration. So generally speaking, let's say you've got a 2050 Vanguard target date fund or a T. Rowe Price target date fund or whatever. That means that you're targeting 2050 as the date for your retirement. So that's like 30 years from now, right? So it's gonna, that particular fund is going to be invested pretty aggressively right now. But then over time, as you get closer to retirement, it will gradually change to become more conservative. And that's where it leads into the other, another uh, question you were going to ask me about is glide path. And so the idea, if you think of a glide path, think of it as an airplane, because that's where they came up with the analogy. So as a plane is approaching the runway, just as you're approaching retirement, think of it like that, the altitude changes, the speed changes. Think of that, the risk changes in your portfolio. It's gradually getting lower. So we think high risk, high altitude, low risk, low altitude. So that's where they came up with the idea of a glide path in a target date retirement fund. So we get to knock out two of them with that explanation. Did that, did that help? It did. Target dates sound really smart. They're a great option for a lot of people. 401k jargon. How about safe harbor? What is that? 
And this happened to us last week, as a matter of fact. So our HR director sent out an email and said, hey, everyone, your safe harbor contribution is going to be deposited. You know, go check it out. And I, you may recall, replied to everyone and said, for those of you who don't know what that means, think profit sharing contribution. What does qualified plan mean? There you go. So that's another other one that's pretty good, straightforward. Basically, a qualified plan is one that is eligible for special tax treatment and tax benefits. Those benefits can be tax benefits that you receive now, like in the case of a traditional pre-tax, or it could be one a benefit that you receive later in the case of Roth. But really qualified just means the IRS has put its stamp of approval, and now you're going to get some special tax benefits out of it. We're running through some 401k jargon terms. Those are good. Thank you. Tom, in what you do with Annex, how do we simplify things for companies? Especially for those planned fiduciaries, is we help them understand what those responsibilities are. You don't necessarily have to understand all these precise details, I'm still going to tell you about them because I want you to be aware of them. And then I want you to be comfortable knowing that we know what we're talking about and we're taking good care of it for you. The burden is always on those fiduciaries, but we really try to help people better understand and become more comfortable that they know things are being taken care of the way they're supposed to. Well, and when it comes to recruiting, you got to have good benefits. You should have a good 401k. 41% of people in this survey said they would take a 10% pay cut for a company that pays attention to wellness. If you are an employer and you don't think that your benefits are something that people are looking at when they're deciding where they're going to go to work, you're missing the boat. Absolutely. These benefits are important. And explaining them to your employees, that's the other thing that we spend a lot of time doing, is helping employees. We try to avoid some of the participant is a word. That's another term. People are like, what is that? It's somebody who participates in a 401k plan. Employees just a better way of saying that. So that's a big part of our education is both for the employer and the employee. It's just different depending on the subject matter. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex. Thanks. Thank you. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY, 2801 East Enterprise Avenue in Appleton, 903-9800 is our number. We're a Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, proud partner of University of Wisconsin. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here, Derek Felsky, and Dave Spano. You know, Danny, uh, we've, I've got a uh, sophomore in high school, and uh, she's, she's awfully smart, and she was asking me yesterday, she goes, why do you play, pay for Netflix? You know, obviously you know about Disney+, Plus and it's only Six dollars with this scolding tone in her voice, but uh, that's something to talk about. I'm for sure. surprised you were not one of the 10 million people that signed up for Disney Plus on the first day, right? First day, and is that, that a runaway hit for them? Do they consider that a, 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 a besides it crashing? Right, right. So, Derek, talk about what their expectations were and and what they actually did. Yeah, the expectation was they'd be at eight million subscribers by year end, so they exceeded expectations in a single day, which clearly shows that it's a valid offering. Um, the other thing I would say to your your daughter Dave you know on the streaming thing is you know Netflix is more expensive Disney has you know not just the Disney library but also Hulu and ESPN so that's a fairly potent offering and and frankly it's an area of the market that we've exploited quite well in our equity income strategy we own things like Comcast and Disney, Qualcomm, which makes chips for 5G, which will only make streaming that much more uh, potent, Mark. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mega trend that's going to have legs.
legs for any number of years going forward. It, it does. I mean, just get before you get to Mark is, you, but you think about it. Disney owns all of their content already, where Netflix has to go and pay for it, and and that's why you, you <laughs> so look. If you at, want Star Wars, you don't have to go out and you know do or, the movie, not just right? Star You've got Wars, it but everything else that goes with yeah. it, right? All the Marvel stuff, yep. all the stuff that they've created already. But uh, you know, Mark, he, he makes a very interesting point about is this a long term trend? Well, it is, and you start thinking about the whole world of five G and and what that might mean. You know, I, I don't think for a lot of people they can really fathom yet what that is going to be, whether it's going to be self-driving cars or whether it's going to be medical technology or all the things that could come out of that. But you think about companies, Derek, like American Tower, for instance, you know, or, or companies like, as you mentioned, Qualcomm, the chip makers that are out there, the, the, the telecom companies, the Verizons and AT&Ts of the world. There are opportunities. You know, you think back 10 years ago or 11 or 12 years ago, we, we first got the iPhone. You know, think about the next 10 years in technology and what that could mean for investors. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not just technology as it applies to communications. It's just, you, we generally see this across the board, you know, companies in all sorts of different verticals. You know, we mentioned Walmart earlier having a great quarter. You know, they've done a much better job adapting to to online uh, merchandising than other retailers. I mean, look at how many companies haven't made it. J.C. Penney, Macy's having problems. You know, there are any number of casualties. And technology is clearly a you know, a, a source of competitive strength for companies that are differentiating themselves in today's markets. So, Mr. Spano, if you want a shot at Father of the Year, I think it's going to. And, and by the way, point out to your lovely daughter, it's six ninety nine. No, not six dollars. Six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. But uh, good luck on that. Yeah, maybe I'll just take it out of her allowance. Yeah, well, good luck with that. All right, halfway through, uh, we got more to come. We're going to take a break for news. We're going to be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. And we're back. Time for Ask Annex. If you have a question for us, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. While you're there, sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. Don't have to be a client for that. That'll arrive on Sundays. Also subscribe to our Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Lots and lots and lots of great content and learning that you can find out. Again, Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Our first one is from Stephen, and he asks, are we hitting an inflection point on negative rates? And so let's talk about that for a second. So particularly in Europe and, and somewhat in Japan, rates have gone negative. And, and people, that's hard concept for people to understand, but really you get paid less than zero to buy Borrow money, and, and the reason why we want to do that, at least why they want to do that, is to spur on economic activity. And in fact, you're actually getting paid. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To borrow the money, but the unintended consequence is if you're a saver, right, you're not getting paid anything, and therefore money is going around the world. But it certainly looks like there's an inflection point, particularly in Europe right now. Yeah, I think the bankers are starting to realize that negative rates can be counterproductive. I mean, for example, if you're a lending institution and rates are negative, you have no incentive to basically lend out your deposits right. because you receive back less in return. So why would you want deposits in the first place? I had an old Marine uh, give me the term pushing on a rope. Which uh, which was an old term that you know you're not, you're not getting anywhere with it, and that seems to be the idea of these negative interest rates. Right. I mean, the, yes, the San Francisco Fed actually did a study not that long ago about Japan, and Japan's the country that actually has the most debt that's in negative interest rate yield. Basically, that economy has been moribund for 20 years. So at least. No, yeah. at least, right? Yeah. Since yeah. 1990, probably come up on 30 years, really. Yeah, since remember the time the Imperial Palace right. was worth right. more than the state of California? <laughs> right. Right, and everyone wanted to you know, follow the Japanese model. Well, basically, it hasn't worked very well. And so Christine Lagarde, who's taking over the ECB, has suggested she's going to look at the impact of negative rates uh, and perhaps lead to some fiscal stimulus, which is something Europe certainly could use to spur growth. Because if you think about it, Mark, if you're the German government and you're paying a negative interest rate, why wouldn't you go out and borrow as much as you can and repair highways, streets, become more competitive as a country, and so on? But they should, Mark. And uh, one of the things that, that, you know, obviously to put that money to work. Well, for sure, Derek. And of course, what you're seeing is you're seeing other sovereign governments continue to pile money into U.S. treasuries. And that was the, the issue that we started to see with that inversion of the yield curve. That's kind of abated itself a little bit, too, when we get away from the negative rates. And let me just jump in. And, and we want to get to more questions, Danny, uh, but this is such a good one. It, what The question is, has there been an inflection point? And that is happening. And in fact, as you called probably a month or two ago, it looks like Germany's getting better. Yeah, Germany's getting better. Uh, the German 10-year yield has gone from minus 70 basis points to minus 30. So there is less pressure on the, the long end of the yield curve. And I think we're seeing that in the U.S. stocks as well, where some of the more cyclical sectors of the economy, the industrials, uh, are starting to improve on a relative basis Companies like Caterpillar and Deer are going up despite the fact that their fundamentals, at least with from a rearview mirror perspective, look pretty lackluster. I don't know if we're going to get to all 10 of those questions, <laughs> Danny, but let's go for it. All right, let's go to this one. This is from Hank. Will the current trade deal on the table be good enough to positively impact CapEx economic growth next year? By the way, you know, we did this uh, interview with Rick Schlesinger, the president of the Brewers, and I was a question I meant to ask him is what the heck happened to Hank the dog, but I never got to that. But this Hank has a different question. Well, well, this Hank is, is asking a very good question, and I think it's a question that's germane because I think that's part of the reason the stock market is rallying as we speak, is that next year people are looking for a removal of artificial deadlines, perhaps a, a higher level of business confidence, which certainly can translate into continually strong labor market, higher wages, hiring, and the like, and, the consu- and a consumer that will feel, feel confident spending going into the future. 
That is Ask Annex. If you have a question for us, please get it to us. You can get it to us at uh, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button while you're there. Click that Get Started button. Sign up for that free portfolio analysis. Kind of remove any doubt and make sure that you're on the right path. That would be the place. Again, AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? It's Team Tech trust? When companies make changes that affect employee retirement plans, Annex Wealth Management is an asset because of the skill of the team. Mark Beck is Director of Wealth Management at Annex. Hello, Mark. Hi, Danny. You've been watching this news from Aurora and now Aurora Advocate. So what is happening with them that's going to affect their employees and their retirement plans? This is big news. It is big news. There's a lot going on. You know, the marriage of Advocate and Aurora happened in April of 2018. And when those two conglomerates came together, it created a $12.2 billion company as far as revenue is concerned. They're like the 10th largest healthcare not-for-profits in the U.S. Very big organization, lots of employees, and there's a lot going on. You know, they spent basically all of 2019 bringing the management teams together and forming the vision. And now what they're doing is for 2020, they're homogenizing all of their benefits plans. Across the spectrum, you're going to have, you know, the same health insurance and the same life insurance benefits and so on and so forth. But there's one really interesting nuance that's occurring. Aurora always had traditionally a 403B plan. It's administered by Transamerica. Lots of our clients have this plan, so we're very, very familiar with it. For some reason, Advocate long ago chose a 401k plan. They're essentially the same. They function more or less the same from your perspective as the user, but there's a nuance as far as how they bring the two of them together, and so they've got to marry these plans together, and you as a participant are going to have some choices. So all of the employees recently got their benefits, the booklet, you know, you page through there, you pick what you want for health insurance and so on and so forth. And you also then, if you were traditionally an Aurora employee, you basically have to enroll in the new 401k. So if you've got the enrollment information, it's there. You can go ahead and sign yourself up. You know, this is where you pick how much you're going to contribute. Do you want it to be traditional versus Roth? Do you want to select your investments? You know what that's going to look like. But the 403B plan has to go away. And essentially, it's a termination of the old Aurora 403B plan. And so you're going to get more information with more options, which is going to come with about a 30-day lead time. So you're going to have this window of time where you've got to look at all of these choices, figure out what's right for you, and figure out what you want to do. A couple of options you're going to be considering. Should I take the money from my old Transamerica Aurora 403B plan? move it over into the new Advocate 401k? Is that where I want that to go? Am I in a spot where I feel like I would benefit from moving this money to a self-directed IRA? I want to choose my own investments, or I would like to partner with a wealth management firm like Annex Wealth Management for help so I can get more comprehensive guidance. Those would be options that are going to all come and be available to you. So I expect you're going to see this packet from Aurora showing up in your mailbox probably early December, and you're going to have to make that choice probably by early January and be ready to move forward from there. But no matter what, you have to make a decision. You can't just let it sit. Is that correct? Yeah, so Aurora needs to terminate this old 403B plan. So they have to basically get it empty. So you can imagine with all of these employees, there's a lot going to go on. But you're right. They have to make a choice to do something. And I know we have a number of clients who do work for that system, and our phone's been ringing, so that's why we're here talking about this. Absolutely. I've been getting those emails, you know, hey, here are all my benefits. Can you help me with this? You know, things we do, risk planning, right? You have the right amount of life insurance and is it in place. Disability insurance is part of their benefits package also. But then the anxiety comes up around, gosh, the 403B is going away. They're going to have this 401K. What does this mean for me? What do I do from here? So, right, the emails have been coming in with those questions. 
The problem is the answer is not quite there yet. You need to be prepared to make the decision when the time comes. And so sitting down with a wealth management firm, if you're not already working with us at Annex, you can come in and sit with us and we'll help you go through the pros and cons of what might make sense for you. Should you think about moving into the 401k? What are the options going to be? How do those investment choices look there? Could you do something different with that money that might be more in your benefit? And how would that look? And how would we put it together in a way that's right for you? Well, we talk about team tech trust at Annex Wealth Management, and we do have very large teams built that are watching this, anticipating this, and are ready for this everywhere from our planning department to our 401k department. So we're definitely ready to help. Absolutely. And there's really good opportunities out there. You know, just this past week, I was doing this with a client. We looked at the insurance benefits relative to their needs. We helped them in that area, took a look at what they've been doing from a contribution standpoint in the 403b, helped map that over to what the 401k is going to look like. And in that situation, a rollover out of the 403b into the IRA looks like it's going to be to their benefit. But again, the details on exactly how to execute those things are coming up. Choices, options, you need to make them and we can help. Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, you might not even be leaving Aurora. You might be leaving a different job. You need to make choices with your 401k or your 403b. We can help. You can start at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button. It's a simple process. Get some contact information. Um, tell us about your maybe your investment range. If you'd like an unbiased annuity review, where would you like to visit, whether it's uh, via screen share with Annex Everywhere or in our Appleton office, what led you to the page, which in this case would be WHBY, the most important thing we always ask at the bottom. Tell us about yourself. That starts the conversation. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trusted Annex Wealth Management. And here we got a team segment. Randy Winkler, CFP and Manager of Financial Planning at Annex Wealth Management. Randy, welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be here. A recent article caught my eye. Title was The Biggest Money Mistakes by Decade. And I thought that was interesting. It's about the decisions that we make or don't make each decade of our life. Right. It's a really interesting subject because there are different phases that you go through and there's different things that you should be doing and things that you shouldn't be doing. Let's run through them. Now, you've seen the results of good and bad planning as you look at portfolios as part of your team. Let's see if we can find some ways to avoid them. In fact, let's flip it around on the positive and talk about how to properly handle these phases. And the first event I think is very interesting. It's childhood. And this is really more for the parents. And this is missing opportunities to educate the kids. Right. It's very interesting in that uh, money is the last taboo, they're calling it. You'll talk about everything else. You won't talk about money. And that's really doing a disservice to kids because how are they going to learn? They're going to learn as they grow up through painful misadventure. You know, if they don't learn the dangers of credit cards or the power of saving or the power that budgeting can give, you probably are going to find it out in your 30s or 40s because of making painful mistakes that you have to dig out of a hole. But what about even when they're little kids and kind of making wise choices with their allowances even? Right. That's interesting. And I think people think that kids can't handle it. I can tell personal experiences. My niece and nephew, they were three and five. 
one sitting on either knee, and I was going through a book that was was called a financial fairy tale, a story of the three little pigs. It was a spending pig, saving pig, and sharing pig, and the big bad wolf was a, a bad real estate developer. And it had questions in there where it's about, is this a want or is this a need? And they were just fascinated and influenced, and my sister just happened to walk in the room and say, since we got the new couch, we really need new drapes. And my niece, who was five, said, do we need new drapes or do you want new drapes? And my sister got this look on her face. I've never thought of it that way. So if a five-year-old can pick it up, an adult can, but if you can start at that age, it's developing the skills and the interest to move forward with that. Let's move into the 20s. One of them is when you get a job, you get involved with that 401k. Yes. And it's funny, I hate to keep bringing it up, but I just had this conversation with my niece. She's got a new job. I asked her, what's your company match? She said, it's 5%. I said, and you're contributing five? She said, no, I'm contributing two. I said, well, you know what we call that at, at Annex? We call it a voluntary pay cut. So I very strongly encouraged her, she's now 20, 24, to use all of the skills that I tried to ingrain in her growing up and say, you got to get to 5% to get the free money. The tough part for people is it's deferred gratification. When you're 20 or 30 years old, you're not thinking about when you're 59 and a half and get access to that money through your 401k. But it's like a snowball rolling downhill. Just a little trick for people is when you get a raise, you get a 3% raise, up your 401k by 1%. It's very simple. And over time, you'll be surprised at how you go from your 5 to 6 to 7. Pretty soon, you're at 20% by the time you're you know, a little bit older. Talking about addressing money mistakes we make by decade, now into the 30s, misplaced spending. What we see here is that there's a big difference between living in the present or living in the future. You have to find a good combination of both. We've seen people that have just deferred gratification. They've saved and saved and they died at a young age and never got to enjoy it. The flip side is the typical American stereotype, spend it all now and then there's nothing in the future. So finding a good mix where you've got to have some discretionary fun money, but don't go over the top. You have to find a good mix there between what's for now and what's for retirement. Briefly, do you have a formula for renting versus buying a house? Uh, That's um, also one that comes up every once in a while. Uh, what we've seen where people make a mistake is going by the old way of thinking that renting is bad and buying is good. If you're moving to a new area, we've seen it where people go in and they just buy a house. And then they find, well, this isn't the neighborhood I want to be in. This isn't the community I want to be in. In those cases, often it makes sense to come in, rent for a while, get to know the area, find the community you, that you want to live in before you put down the permanent roots. Now we're into the 40s and the biggest threat is not saving enough and investing enough. Right. In the 40s, you've kind of settled into your career. You're approaching your peak earning years. You're not quite there yet. You should be building up a pretty good nest egg and thinking about what you want your future to look like. You're not thinking about retirement, but you're planning for it. And you have to take a look at your time frame, where a lot of people get caught up as they think of their money as being all in one bucket. Really, you have to divide it up by your time frame and your goal for it. So if you're taking a big vacation this summer, that money should not be in the market. You need it to be very liquid. It's probably in the bank. But the money that you want in your 40s for retirement, which is 20, 30 years down the road, you don't want that in the bank. You want that working for you and taking the appropriate amount of risk for your goal. I don't want to say be aggressive in investments because that's probably not the right term, but probably you have a longer view and you could probably be less conservative. Right. You want to pick the appropriate risk to take. Like my example before, if you need the money for vacation, it would be inappropriate to take a lot of risk because you can't have the volatility. You need it in the short term. For something long term, you can ride it out. If there's some fluctuations in the market that go down by 5 or 10%, even for a year or two, if you're not going to use that money for 20 or 30 years, it doesn't really make a big difference. In fact, it can be an advantage if you're buying into that down market. 
Okay, now into the 50s, and this is the zone where we really think people need a plan. Correct. This is where you bring everything together, you take a look at it, and you start defining when do I want to retire. And then the most difficult number for most people is what am I going to spend in retirement? What is the expense that the portfolio and the income sources have to support? That's something that we, we work with people and we take a look at it and we give them a, a percentage. Like you have an 85% chance of success based on your inputs or you've got a 45% chance of success. It's all based around getting the data in there and you still have time to make the adjustments if you need to. Now we're to our 60s and again, a big mistake, not having a plan. Correct. We've seen it where people come in and I'm like, hey, I'm retiring in three months. I decided I want to come in and talk to you people. That's great, you know, because there's so many things that you have to look at when you get to that point where you're looking for your retirement paycheck as opposed to your job paycheck. What order are you going to distribute the assets from which account? You know, when do you start Social Security? Do you need bridge health care? You know, there's some, some very creative things you can do with tax planning and Roth conversions and stuff that we geek out on here all the time. But it can be kind of complicated when people that work their whole life and have been diligent savers and get there and they're like, now what? I'm going from accumulation to distribution. What do I do? Same thing then when somebody gets in their 70s and it says can't outrun inflation and debt. Correct. So what a lot of people think is like in the old thinking was, okay, the older you get, the more conservative you get. You always have to think of buckets. For the money that you need in the short term, you're always going to keep it liquid. Whether you're 20 or you know 20 and saving for a new car or a new house or you're 70 and taking money out to support your lifestyle, but you're still going to have a lot of life ahead of you and you've got to keep growing to stay ahead of inflation. Randy Winkler, how does he know all this? Well, he's a CFP and he's a manager of financial planning at Annex Wealth Management. When we talk about the free portfolio analysis, that's your team. Correct. We take a look at uh, whatever you hold right now, and we tell you, how's it working? Is it working well? Is it not working well? Are the fees too high? What is it doing for you? Randy, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY website, AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here, Derek Felsky, and Dave Spano. You know how everything is expedited this year. Obviously, we have February and November by looking out the window. But, you know, the other thing that's happening is that Thanksgiving is falling late. So the difference between Thanksgiving and Christmas, obviously, is going to come upon us in a hurry. That means that tax planning, Mark, at the end of the year is going to be very important. And there's a lot of things that people should consider, particularly that the market is done so well this year? Well, you, for sure. For most people, you're going to have some sort of capital gains. If you own mutual funds outside of a 401k or your retirement plan, there's a pretty good chance that the fund that you own is going to spin off probably both short-term and long-term capital gains. You're going to get dividends. You're going to have income from bond funds. There's going to be some capital gains taxation that you have to think about. The lowest two tax brackets don't pay capital gains. They have a 0% tax capital gains rate. So you can look at maybe repositioning your portfolio and selling some of those up to that next marginal tax bracket. That's a strategy you might want to employ. The other thing that a lot of people do at this point in time is look at capital losses. If you do have capital loss carry forward or you have some losers in your portfolio, a stock that just hasn't performed very well, you can balance that against the gains and not pay any taxes on that as well. In fact, you can carry up to $3,000 in losses against ordinary income. So there's a lot of things that people can do. That's just one strategy, Dave. There's a lot of things that people should be doing right now. Charitable contributions, how they pay their mortgage interest, how they pay their property taxes, their state income taxes. All those types of things are decisions that can be made when working with a qualified advisor. And in the last 30 seconds, 
seconds, Mark, if people want to get started and go through this tax planning piece, exactly how do they do that? Well, for a lot of people, they won't go through it because the person that they're working with a lot of times is just a commission sales guy that's not going to take the time to go through the tax planning. So you want to work with a fiduciary, somebody who has tax planning competency and an obligation to you as a fiduciary. So that's the piece that you want to look at is getting with an advisor that has a tax planning discipline that understands the tax code and how to use it to your advantage. That's what you want to do. And if you haven't done that, you know, now is the time to do that because as you to your point, Dave, Thanksgiving's going to be here before you know it. You got uh, deer season is in there, of course, and then we got Christmas season and by the time you get to those point in time, you're going to have to make some decisions that are going to impact you in April to your own benefit. It is uh, 4.57. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. Hope you uh, got uh, were able to uh, spend a little bit of time with us this past hour. Uh, we kind of told you a little bit more about our company, uh, how we think. Uh, Dave Spano has now left the studio, but he is our CEO and our founder. And he has truly believed in the fiduciary principles for the longest time. Same thing with Mark Oswald as well. If you'd like to take us up on that free offer, it's absolutely easy. You just go to AnnexWealth.com. In fact, I invite you to spend a little bit of time on that website. You can hear our, you can read about us. You can see where we're located in Appleton at 2801 East Enterprise Avenue. Our local number is 903-9800. And if that is not convenient to get to that branch, that is no problem. We have this thing called Annex Everywhere, which basically use the screen share technology. You don't have to download a thing. You can just use a phone and we'll meet just like that. But the first stop is going to AnnexWealth.com, clicking that Get Started button. I'm looking at it right now here in the studio. We'll ask your first and your last name, your email and your phone number, and I promise we're not going to bug you. We're just going to do that so we can get a hold of you somehow. Your investment range, we ask if you'd like an unbiased annuity review because a lot of people have those in portfolios. Where would you like to visit? What led you to the page? And then tell us about yourself. Click that Get started button. It's going to be an interesting year coming up as we get into a brand new decade. Thanks for listening. We will see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.